You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy. In the future, there will be a retro resurgence and people will start mailing letters instead of texting. However, the emoji will not go away and handwritten letters will contain full-page smiley faces, frowny faces, and middle fingers. And this is Jesse. In the future, they will develop a pill that will basically eliminate post-workout muscle soreness. Unfortunately, one of the side effects will be increased appetite. So the vicious cycle continues. It's good. I like that one. (laughs) I can totally see it happening. I feel like that probably does exist already. And they're like, ah, this doesn't work. (laughs) I bet they're high in irony. Oh, boy. Yep, Uh, it is. (laughs) 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 All right. Welcome to the Grolix Podcast. This is episode number 65. 65. 65. I was going to say, so I was playing around with Google Assistant last night, mm-hmm. and all of my conversation, well, quote unquote conversations with Google Assistant end with me swearing at it and <laughs> because it's so dumb. It's just, it's not what I wish it was. But uh, right. if you ask it to tell you jokes, all of its jokes are just the worst puns. <laughs> They're all puns. Oh, good. So I kept going. I was like, do you know any jokes that aren't puns? And it's like, <laughs> Have sure. Have you met Jesse Kiefer? And then it told, <laughs> and it, yeah, and that's that, <laughs> that's what made me think of it. I was like, man, these are like Jesse level and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, but yep. So you and Google Assistant, man. <laughs> <laughs> we got jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode... Uh, it's our poll list episode. We're also going to tackle some questions that we did not get to on our four-year anniversary episode. So that's fun. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's fun. That is fun. For crying out loud. So what is the poll list? <gasps> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so we have a poll on our website, as in like you can vote on it, and it shouldn't get tampered with. And... <laughs> It shouldn't. I hope not. I hope not. I don't know. I, I, we probably have pretty good security compared to other voting mechanisms. Anyway, it, yeah, it's a poll on our website. Uh, you can vote on various comic books or make a suggestion. And uh, each month we pick the one that currently has the most votes. We read it and talk about it next month. It's it's the poll list. Get it? That It's a pun in itself. Yeah, yeah. We're polling you. <laughs> It's got, but it's also like going to a comic book store for your, your poll file. List. Yeah, exactly. See? Yeah, have we ever have we ever explained that joke? I, I don't know that we have. Maybe at the very beginning. <laughs> I think I, yeah, I think we because I think it's funnier when you tell them what the joke actually means. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a rule, right? It is. It is. It, when you have to, when you have to spell it out, you know the punchline lands. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you do know it, Lance, because you hear the thud. <laughs> you hear the thud. <laughs> so uh, this is the part where I tell you what we're going to be reading next month, right? Oh, it is. It is. All right. Well, for Ooh. next month, for our April episode, our April poll list episode, we will be reading Transmetropolitan with twenty five percent of the vote. All right, Transmetropolitan. Yes, and then looking at the rest of our list, remember when I uh, when I put out a call where I said, "Hey, we need some more DC books," uh-huh. and then they gave us like three new Marvel books instead. Mm. <laughs> so I'm going to say, listeners, we need a lot more Marvel on this list. <laughs> I see what you're trying to do. 
And I'm going to make it's going to work. I'm going to make my own. I'm going to make another future prediction and say we are going to end up with a list full of just Marvel books. There is one. There is one book on this list that is not Marvel. After we do Transmetropolitan. Wow. Are you serious? Yeah. Transmetropolitan and All Star Superman are the only two. I think. DC, because isn't Transmetropolitan like Vertigo? Yeah, yeah, I believe it's Vertigo. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is is Marvel. Even even GI Joe is the Marvel the run Marvel of GI Joe. Joe specifically. So the so the original classic GI Joes, I guess. Guys, what are you what are you doing? What are you doing to me? <laughs> I think they know. I think they do too. I think, I think they're trolling you at this point. We read a fair bit of. We read a fair bit of Marvel stuff on here. Come on, you can mix it up a little bit. Right, right. It's good for you. It's like uh, it's like if you were only eating candy all the time, that wouldn't be good for you. You gotta you gotta sprinkle in some stuff that's good for you. Yeah, like vinegar. Or- <laughs> like vinegar. Mmm, <laughs> that, that's good. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Well, I'm excited for Transmetropolitan. I'm very. I don't mind reading Marvel stuff. Uh, it's probably good for me. I'm glad I've read the, some a lot of the Marvel stuff we've read on the show so far, like uh, like Daredevil. Uh, yeah, well, last yeah, month that was good. That was good. That was good. I enjoyed so, that. Uh, what did we talk about the first? Oh, that was um, Dark Horse. So yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So we keep, you know, that's what our other show is for sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Batman. Getting our Batman fix in. Exactly. Just in case you guys don't vote for Batman. Which I know there's no Batman on this list. <laughs> there is no Batman. Seems <laughs> That's like wrong. The Batman backlash. The, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Because we had because we had a lot of Batmans for a while. We did all the we Batmans. Did. So many Batmans. We had. We even had to go to other shows so that we could talk about more Batman. Because <laughs> that's true. what we did when we went on uh, Patrick's show, when we went on Make Dad Read Comics. We were mm-hmm. like, hey, could we read some Batman? <laughs> 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 we don't get enough of Batman. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter called me out on that because it was like, oh, what was it? What's what's new this week? What are you reading right now? And I was like, oh, read this and this and this. And then Batman, 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 and Batman. <laughs> it was like Batman in the Shadow. It was like Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was Batman White Knight. It was Batman uh, Creature of the Night. It was like, oh, yeah, I'm basically reading Batman. <laughs> yep. God, oh, and detective and detective comics, just to mix it up. Yeah, you gotta have something a little different. <laughs> yeah, no Batman in that title. <laughs> I mean, there's the least amount of Batman in that title, I guess. <laughs> sounds like my sounds like my pull list, my actual pull list. <laughs> right, right. Now that Invincible's over, and when there's no Swamp Thing, it's all Batman. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, how? It's, uh, side note, and you don't have to really get into it very far. Um, how? How was that Batman Shadow Book? Because I I cracked the cover on that, but I I, I like everything else. I just got distracted by something. Um, the art is incredible, but I haven't properly got into it yet. I mean, I've got, I've got them all kind of thing, and I it's not over yet though. Is the thing the issues are still coming out? So part of me is kind of like let's just wait until I got all the issues mm. in hand before I just start cracking. Because sometimes that stuff gets uh, back ordered. And there's nothing more frustrating than getting started and then realizing you're missing the issue in the middle. So I haven't really dug into it too far, um, partly because I've got a lot of books <laughs> that I'm that I'm still backlogged on, uh, and part of it is just because I've been burned before. Sure, sure. <laughs> I've been burned before. <laughs> I've been hurt. Yeah, I was gonna say I could hear the hurt in your voice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot for in-house news. What did you all think, listeners of Cinematic Universe? The first episode, the first episode dropped last week. I get maybe I'll have a good idea of people whether people liked it or not by the time this goes up. So, <laughs> I've I've heard the intro and I like the intro. It's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like how I like how uh, Jasper opens with and they were terrible and they were terrible. Yeah, he was not gonna wait. Yeah. He's like, these movies are bad. <laughs> you haven't even properly started the show yet. He's, and he's like, we listened, we watched two movies and they were terrible. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to hear more <laughs> about how terrible these movies are and how they match together into make a uh, cinematic universe. Oh man, and I have some other good, uh, I have some other good 
ideas for double features. Like, I'll go ahead and spoil one. Uh, we haven't we haven't done this one yet, but we're we're going to. Maybe I'll wait towards uh, for October or something. But uh, <laughs> what what did I? He knew where I was going before I even got went there. But I asked him. I was like, so I have an idea for a couple of horror movies, but they're not really horror movies. They're kind of just bad movies. And he's like. Is it Freddy versus Jason and Alien versus Predator? And I go, How? yes, it is. <laughs> no, the Versaverse. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So I was like, because I want an episode title that says Freddy versus Jason versus Alien versus Predator. It's going to happen. Yes, that's a great idea. Yes. Those or, movies. Or even you could do uh, Army of Darkness so that you could have – or Evil have Dead. A- oh, yeah. So you could have Ash versus the Evil Dead versus Alien versus Predator versus Jason versus Freddy. Oh, my God. Wait. <laughs> That has to happen now. Right? right. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think you guys need to have the Affleckiverse where where you've got uh, <laughs> that horrible Daredevil movie. And I can say that because I just watched it yesterday. You just watched? Is... Why? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I never watched the, uh, the, the director's cut. Oh. And everybody said the director's cut was better. Well, better is relative. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's only so much that the director can fix when the <laughs> acting is wooden and the writing is terrible. <laughs> I mean, there's only so much you can do. I, and it's funny because the whole time I'm thinking like this this movie is basically like The Crow if The Crow were done by someone that couldn't act at that time and <laughs> and set in the early aughts. Because it's like you know how the crow is is kind of like seminal nineties. Mm-hmm. I feel like Daredevil is like seminal the aughts because it's got like like Nickelback in the soundtrack, oh my and God. it's got like uh, like Josie's Bar is like this the, like this bar that apparently lets you bring your motorcycles inside. And there's like steel cages and chain link fence and stuff, and they just like start fires in the bar. <laughs> it's just like this is this movie is such a product of its time. It's like more of a product of its time than The Crow was. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I I kind of want you guys to rewatch it. I kind of do want to revisit it now because <laughs> it's 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 one of those so bad that you can't help but not. I don't know. Tear it apart. Well, did you? I, fo- guess. I don't know. Did you do the proper thing then and follow it up with Electra? No, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, that was the thing that I kept thinking as I'm re- as I'm rewatching this movie. Is I'm like, Electra doesn't make any sense after this movie. <laughs> like, Electra is like this cold-hearted killer at the beginning of her movie, uh, but she is not that person at all in Daredevil. At least what I remember of it. I Because I, I have not seen it since I saw it. I saw it in the theater. And that's money I'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm still Electra. sore about it. Oh, man. Over a decade later. Yeah. I saw that one in the theater. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, those, those are not good. Those are not good. No. I remember being just, just disgusted with those as movies. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, the Affleckiverse. You have Daredevil versus, uh, or Daredevil and Batman. Okay, Daredevil and um, the Justice League. You know, <laughs> I have had such disdain for Affleck for so long that it's weird to almost like kind of feel bad for him at this point because he's gotten better. As an actor, he is so much better than Daredevil now. I agree. But, I agree. He has gotten better. But, yeah. you know, he, he'll, he'll do these movies and I'm sure he's like stoked. Like, you you get cast as Batman or even right. you know Daredevil back in the day like I'm sure you're stoked and then the movie comes out everybody hates it you probably should have seen that coming but <laughs> like how disappointing that must be as an actor cuz oh, he has man. very little other than signing on and his performance itself he has very little control over anything so like sure. it's got to be disappointing no no wonder he wants out of Batman <laughs> right 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 well yeah that would be double whammy if he were directing and writing Batman and acting in Batman and everybody hated it. Oh yeah, no that doubt. That would that would be that's a lot of pressure. So yeah. Cinematic Universe, the Grolix Empire continues. Yes, yes. The Affleckiverse. So <laughs> <laughs> the best superhero movie Affleck was ever in was where he was in that movie where he played 
is it George Reeves or something? Oh yeah, that was a great movie. Was that uh, Summerland or yeah, something, something like, that? like that? Yeah, where yeah he plays the actor that played Superman in the serials. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty decent casting because he you know the jerk, but he is good. He <laughs> right. is good. No, he's it? really good in it. Yeah, we we saw that one in theater too, and that was kind of like whoa because I think we went on like a Tuesday or something when it's super cheap, and we're like, what what are we gonna watch? Well, let's watch this. We've heard some good things, and it was it was it was really good. Mm-hmm. All right, let's 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 tackle some questions. All right, Peter from the Superior Comic Show. We know Peter. We know Peter. He asks, "How do you guys think Sony is going to introduce Venom? Obviously, they can't use the comics origin. What what is Venom's comics origin? Okay, so <sighs> Venom in the comics uh, originally the suit." Uh, attaches itself to Peter, to Peter Parker. Oh, uh, okay, so the, okay. The Venom symbiote comes through as a result of Secret Wars when they're in another dimension, and uh, his suit gets destroyed, so they come across the suit, and it's actually an alien. It's actually a symbiote. And uh, so that comes through when he gets back to New York from from that dimension. Um and that's that's kind of how it starts. And then you come to find out that the symbiotic relationship is is less symbiotic and more the the alien kind of starts to take over the host a little bit mm-hmm. and and affects the host uh, behaviorally a lot. And uh, so what happens is, uh, you know, at the same time that uh, Peter is trying to get rid of the suit, Eddie Brock. He's also having these issues with Eddie Brock. And uh, so while he's getting rid of the suit, it attaches itself to Eddie, who already hates Peter Parker and Spider-Man for all these things that he he believes Peter did to him or or Spider-Man did to him or whatever. And so uh, it it takes its previous knowledge of Spider-Man with it. And so when it attaches itself to... Eddie Brock, it still kind of retains that Spider-Man like quality. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's very tightly interwoven mm-hmm. into the Spider-Man thing. So when they said that they were going to do a Venom movie that didn't have anything to do with Spider-Man, it was kind of like what? <laughs> yeah, it'll be weird, but I guess on the upside, it's a concept that you can just be like, well, this thing attaches to somebody else, you know. So right. that's that's good for them. I as for how they're going to do it, I, you know. I Yeah, I'm kind of curious if they will do the whole spider logo on his chest or not. Oh, yeah, um, that's a good point. You know, will will it still exist in a universe that has had Spider-Man? You know, like they've kind of flirted with that idea. You, like you take a look at um, uh, television shows like The Gifted where, I mean, like in, this isn't even like a great example because – that's still technically all Fox. It's still the Fox X-Men universe. Uh, but they just reference the X-Men. They don't ever show the X-Men. They don't know where the X-Men are. Like the X-Men disappeared in some thing that happened. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. They just move forward. Like it all happened once upon a time. Kind of like in Logan, you know. In Logan, it all happened. But it's not super integral to what's happening now. So I don't know if maybe that's what they'll do is they'll reference that Spider-Man did exist. I mean, cause Sony still has rights to, uh, and I think Peter even pointed this out. Uh, Sony still has rights to, uh, all the other movies that came before it. So this could technically be an offshoot of those. It could be an offshoot of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. It could be the offshoot of a Andrew Garfield Garf uh, Andrew Garfield Garfield <laughs> that would be that would be something that would be like Garfield inception <laughs> right there <laughs> now I want an Andrew Garfield Garfield but yeah I, it could it could technically be as a venom for those universes not that they'll ever continue those but it could be a thing like this happened and we're not going to pay Andrew Garfield any more money but <laughs> that you know this is an offshoot of that Oh, Venom is set to be released October 5th. October. Interesting. So Peter had a follow-up question of, in your opinion, what will be Marvel's next box box office record-breaking solo movie? See, that's a tough one. I don't even know with this because if you had told me that that Black Panther was going to be the one that was going to break, like, Avengers records, I I don't think I would have believed you. 
Like mm. I'm glad and it's a great movie and uh it's a big deal, but I didn't see it coming. I'm just gonna be honest about that, <laughs> you know, in terms of just how successful it would be. And that just comes down to, you know, I mean, you can make any of these movies awesome. You just gotta write them well, you know, and that's the yeah. thing. Black Panther is written well. It's acted well. There's a lot of passion uh, that was put into the making of this film, and it comes through, and it pays dividends. And so, what's what's the next big solo movie? I have no idea. I don't think it's Ant Man and Wasp. <laughs> so, do you think? I mean, what else is there for actual solo movies? That's actually that, uh, Marvel solo movies that's been that they announced? haven't done. Yeah, I don't um, know. I, Captain Marvel is the Maybe. only other one I can think I of. I mean, that'll. That'll be good. I don't know if it'll be Black Panther levels. I don't think yeah, it'll be Avengers I don't, levels, you know. I don't see it breaking those, but, I mean, that's about the only other one I can see. I mean, if we're not counting if – we're, if we're sticking strictly to actual, like, Marvel proper, Marvel right. Studios movies, I, I don't know what else – what other solo ones are coming. Um, if you open it up to Fox, like, there's still – is there still supposedly a Gambit movie on this on the on the slate oh, at some point? Oh, yeah, I don't know that that will. I mean, because that's been mired in rewrites and people jumping ship, and that's that always turns out well. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, I don't know if it counts or if he's looking for like new solo movies, but I think if the next uh, if the next Spider Man you know, post infinity war, mm-hmm. the, the homecoming sequel, if that has the sinister six in it, I think it'll be Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man will make its full comeback. And, you know, cause before the Avengers, Spider-Man was kind of the record breaking movie. And I think if they could bring back Spider-Man to that level of previously established glory, uh, it could be Spidey for Marvel anyways. Of course, with, with certain questions like this, it, you know, it's worth noting if if you're not a regular listener, we record these episodes uh, a little a little while in advance. So you know, there could mm-hmm. also be announcements between now and then. So sure, sure. But yeah, that makes sense. I I I think I think you're probably probably right. Most likely, a Spider-Man sequel has the best potential if they do it right to like be their their next box office hit. Um, otherwise, yeah, I, I, I'll say, I bet Captain Marvel will do okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to do well. If they market it well, you know, I, I think it'll be all right. If they were smart and got off their duffs and did uh black widow, like two, five years ago, <laughs> that probably would have been it. <laughs> yeah. That was really a missed opportunity. Well, and now there's that Jennifer Lawrence movie, uh, red sparrow or whatever, mm-hmm. which basically looks like, uh, basically looks like it's a. Black Widow, <laughs> like a repaint kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, if you guys aren't going to make this, we'll make it. Right. David from Tales from the Fandom podcast asked us, if you were rebooting the X-Men universe, oh, who boy. would you choose as your five members? Oh, God. oh I don't know. <laughs> now, are we... He, he's from Tales from the Fandom, so are we talking comics? Or I mean, movies, you, could do, or does it, it you could do it either way, really. I mean, because if we're rebooting, we're rebooting, you know. But I guess, I guess, media does matter. If it's the movies and you want them to succeed, it'll be Wolverine, <laughs> old Wolverine, yep. girl Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. C- CGI Hugh Jackman Wolverine. <laughs> yep, and then Hugh Jackman, just Hugh Jackman, <laughs> just Hugh Jackman. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong, man. I mean, like, yeah, all all you need to do is just go through and, like, who are the fan favorites of each movie and just assume they're going to be in there, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, Storm would probably be on there just because it's Storm. I guess you'd have to have Jean Grey because Dark Phoenix has to happen every other movie, every, right? Every trilogy. <laughs> every trilogy yeah. they have to do Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Even if it's the um, same, you know, same, like, timeline. I mean, you got. I guess you got to have Cyclops because somebody's got to suck. <laughs> somebody, oh, somebody yeah. you know, somebody's got to be the like the the wet rag that nobody cares about. Yeah, you know, basically the straight man, you know, so that Wolverine can have a funny line. 
Because I feel like that's all Cyclops did in the first two or the first three, even if you count him as being in three. Um, so what do I got? Two left, like Nightcrawler, I guess maybe. Mm-hmm. Colossus, maybe. Okay. So that's almost it's a well. Oh wait, I didn't add Wolverine. So scratch off Colossus and put Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine. <laughs> you gotta have Wolverine there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, the only thing. Oh man, some. I mean, the only thing that would push Nightcrawler off this list and put Colossus back on is if you're going to do an on-screen fastball special. Yes. So then in that case, nix Nightcrawler and put Colossus back on. Yes. So that puts my team at Storm, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Wolverine, and Colossus. Because <laughs> <laughs> people will pay to see that. Oh wow! You you yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you you mixed it up there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's tell stories we've never seen before <laughs> <laughs> with those characters. Oh man! <laughs> uh, I I don't suppose that when they asked this question, they thought they'd get such a cynical response. <laughs> <laughs> No, probably not. <laughs> no, I mean, like, if I was going to restart it, I would just, I don't think we've ever gotten a, a, like, in the movies, we've never gotten a legit original team. You know, like, they've just, they've wonkified their timeline so bad that uh, I just want to see the classic team. I want to see Beast, Iceman, Marvel Girl, Cyclops, Iceman. Did I say Iceman? You did. It's just, it's just the original five. I just want the original five. Yeah, oh, would, Angel. Angel's the one I would... That's what I want. I want a proper Angel, because I don't feel like we've ever gotten a proper Angel. And they've done him a couple times now. Yep, yep, and he's just been awful. And and to be fair, he's kind of a tough character to nail, but he's really not. You know, he's a rich, pretty boy that has angel wings. We've done that before, just minus the angel wings. <laughs> I'd like a... I mean, if we're still talking movies, I'd like a... A proper ice man. Like, they not really yeah. mishandled yep. him. He's just never been a f- key character. Right. Also, uh, Toad, for some reason, specifically the, <laughs> uh, the, the X-Men first movie, Toad. Uh, right. Yeah. And, and you want to throw him on the team? <laughs> uh, he's on the team now. He's, he's a yeah, kind he's, of a good guy. Yes. He's, he's awesome. He, he's the anti. Ray Park is. Yeah. <laughs> he's the Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> he's anti he's anti beast. <laughs> yes. And uh and th- Thunderbird. <laughs> and Thunderbird, yes. Yeah, why not? Throw Thunderbird in there. <laughs> oh man. Oh, you could do you could go diversity squad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with yeah. The, with the X-Men. You you totally could. I mean <laughs> Oh. Whew. And and Deadpool. Now it'll make money. <laughs> and, oh they, yeah, oh man. I missed that one. Get rid of Storm. (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know what? We don't even need those other guys. Cyclops and Deadpool, that's your movie. That would, oh my God, that actually, it's the most extreme straight man and comedic sidekick type deal ever. I think that's brilliant. I think that's a great idea. Basically, Cable, you're just, you're just kicking out the middleman. Yeah. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, that wow, I had a lot more fun with with that than I expected. <laughs> All right, David has another again, this is David from uh Tales from the from the Fandom. Uh he has an I have the hardest time saying your podcast title for some reason. He has another question, who would you add who would you add to the Netflix line of characters, lineup of characters, and it doesn't have to be primarily set in New York City either. Ooh. I like, uh, well, they're probably doing this though. Isn't Moon Knight going to be one? Is he? I thought I heard someone somewhere saying they were going to develop a Moon Knight, but that's that. I, I'd be interested in that. Yeah, me too. That'd I'd, be really I interesting. Think, I think Netflix would be perfect for it too. Yeah. I'd rather see that than a movie. I'd rather see Moon Knight as a serial on Netflix. Yeah, it would most definitely suit a serial. Um, uh, yeah, a TV series versus a movie because. I don't know that a Moon Knight movie would, even if it was decent, would necessarily be successful. Right. But with a TV series, and it almost kind of seems counterintuitive, but with a series, like, it gives people time to kind of buy into a character. Right. 
Um, and you need that for a character like Moon Knight because yeah. he's got the multiple personalities, you know? I mean, like, you got you to gotta build up to that. You can't just hit him in the face with it. Well, I mean, maybe you could at the end of the episode. But, like, the first episode, you don't necessarily go, hey, he talks to himself, you know? <laughs> yeah. And not in a Deadpool funny way. <laughs> Although sometimes. <laughs> we have another David and another question. Uh, David from the Hypotheticast. He asks, the Marvel Universe is bloated, and that's what makes it fun. But imagine you get to completely wipe one character from existence. Nobody ever remembers that they existed, and the stories surrounding them make sense as if they were never there. Who do you eliminate? I mean, like, that. that this one's hard because there's so many possibilities. <laughs> I mean, like, there's several members of the Avengers that, like, you, you delete them and nobody would even care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you you go back through, and and at one time I would have said Hawkeye. You know, like you really don't need Hawkeye, but uh, no, I mean he's a big deal now, so you can't take, you can't get rid of him. I like I like these characters, but my mm-hmm. instinct is, and this is again, I probably following the tone we've said on this last couple, we said on these last couple of questions is, I like these characters. I wouldn't want them gone, but my inclination is to pick. Somebody like Professor X or Magneto or somebody pivotal in the <laughs> oh, universe yeah. or or Doctor Doom. Oh, people, oh no, oh, people would riot. Not okay, not Doctor <laughs> yeah, Doom, yeah, yeah. but you know, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Fantastic Four, the Mole Man. <laughs> no, but somebody pivotal in like the Reed whole Richards. Marvel. Reed Richards. <laughs> Reed Richards. Reed Mr. Richards. Fantastic. Yeah. Reed Richards. Reed Richards never existed, and I just because I want to see then how how these stories are like reshaped to make everything work. And I know oh, it's not, it wouldn't be like that. It, the question is, it would just like, he never existed. Everything makes sense. Like who would you just get rid of? But I want right. to see then how the stories reshift to make it make sense. Right. Right. Let make so, a fun, like a what if kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which Marvel does anyways. There's some obvious ones where it's like, you just take out this Spider-Man villain and who cares? He's gone, <laughs> you know, like the spot. <laughs> like who even knows what this who the spot is but you you take him out everything's the same my issue is i don't my issue is i don't read enough marvel to to know of characters i actively dislike at least off the top of my head um that i would want gone right you know like anybody that came after hank pym that was ant-man or giant man or goliath or you know i mean as long as you've got one i don't know why we needed multiples all right I like that question. David also had yeah, a question last yeah. episode. All right. Joshua Bowman asked, will there ever be a good Silver Surfer movie? You know what? I think they just missed their boat <laughs> because they basically just did Planet Hulk, right? And that would have been the perfect place to just throw him in there. Oh, yeah. Because in, in Planet Hulk, he goes up against the Silver Surfer at one point. Um, and Planet Hulk was part of Thor Ragnarok, basically. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that would have been perfect. I mean, that would have been a great way to introduce him. That wouldn't have been too weird. Um, otherwise, we've got to run into him in either a Fantastic Four movie or a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah, kind of. Ooh, that's another. Okay, so yeah, I'd say like in the current Marvel series, movie series going, it would have to be like Guardians. But mm-hmm. so does that mean Fox has the rights to Silver Surfer at this time then? Um. If so, we're probably not going to get a good one anytime soon. Well, I mean, because now Disney owns Fox. Oh, you know, you're right. So, I mean, but it's, it's, it's where does he fall? Does he fall as technically a Fantastic Four character? Because I don't think that Marvel necessarily got Fantastic Four in that whole deal. Mm. Because uh, Fox had the distribution rights, but I don't know if they actually own the rights to the Fantastic Four. Basically the basically the people who do own the rights, if they want to make a movie, they're going to have to go through Disney. So they're either not going to make a movie or they're going to make a movie for for Disney. <laughs> you know, you okay. know, they're yeah. going to do it the Disney way. So if it's made, I think I think it'll be good because Disney doesn't, you know, they're not in, they're not in the losing money business. Yeah, which is why they buy these things, right? Um, they wouldn't have made Star Wars movies if they didn't think they could make some money off of them, and they did. No matter what you think about them, uh, they, they're making money off of these new Star Wars movies. That they are. 
So I think I think I think we will maybe if they if they bother to look at that character and make a movie out of it. If they make a movie out of it, it'll probably be decent because they'll have the money and they'll have the the writers, the pool of writers that will uh, come up with something that will make sense. But I don't know if it'll be a solo movie. I would love that, but I I don't know. I don't know that they'll go that route. I think he'll be plugged into something else. And he has a second question. Joshua mm-hmm. does. Okay. Also, what philosophical? Wow. <laughs> philosophical. <laughs> what philosophical? <laughs> philosophical issues get addressed in your favorite comic books? Oh man. <laughs> I mean, just just looking at Black Hammer, man. That's mm-hmm. just like the the nature of humdrum life, you know. Yeah. And uh, how some people can and can't cope with it. I mean, it seems like most comic books, well, just in general, most comic books deal with, but it seems like a lot of the characters I gravitate towards deal with, sound cliche, but the duality of man. You know, they're not necessarily the antiheroes, but you got like a Batman um, where he's a good guy, but, you know, he's he's not necessarily like, he's kind of a bad dude too. Right. Yeah. Or, or maybe, I don't know, Swampy's full of all kinds of things. Oh, yeah, a lot of eco, like, you know, how we take care of our planet or don't. Mm-hmm. And then I also liked, um, I mean, that's part of what made Vision, that Tom King Vision series so interesting, was the idea of uh, trying to deal with humanity. How do these characters without it deal with it? What is it to be human? Yeah, basically. Yeah, what is it to be human and... What makes these people that are that are humans much different? Anyway, yeah, yeah, it, that <laughs> what, all that. <laughs> well, and anything written by Alan Moore tends to have some kind of backdrop of of you know, like who watches the Watchmen, and uh, you know, what are the what, what would be the downsides of having a superhero squad that basically, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> runs the thing. That is a question. That that is a question that if you're not careful, like you could easily dive into that pretty deep. But the surface level, it seems like there's definitely a couple things that come up in a lot of comic books, right? With great power, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Chris Osborne from the podcast Play Comics has a question, and it's uh, what are your favorite and least favorite video games that come from comics? So. Video games based oh. on comics, and his podcast title makes sense now. Play comics. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is a good concept for a podcast. You know, I mean, like I, I wish I played more of these. Like I've, I used to play them a lot more. Like as they came out, when I was when I was in high school and whatnot, nothing made my day faster than to see that you know a comic book video game was being made. Mm-hmm. But they're not all created equal. Oh no! <laughs> like, uh, like the Tick is one that I really want to like, but it's basically just a side scroller beat 'em up, mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to navigate. So I just I just kind of gate I just kind of give up. You know, like I didn't get very far. But then there's other ones like uh, Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. I could play that all day. That's probably <laughs> one of my favorites of all time. That's a classic. Right, right. There, well, especially. Well, no, I mean, there's a lot of newer. There's some more modern games that still suck based on comics. But any licensed property in old school video games is is iffy. It's mm-hmm. hit or hit or miss. You've got some of the. You've got some classics like the 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 Turtles games, especially the older arcade Turtles games and NES period games and stuff. Right. But the, a lot of it was. It really was just like. Okay, we've got this side scroller. What what skin? Basically, what how what can we skin it with? What do we have the license to? Or right. what can we get the rights to use or whatever? Among my favorites would be Batman: Arkham City. Okay, I, I I figured one of those would be one of yours. I didn't know, but I don't know him very well. So, well, Arkham Arkham Asylum and Arkham. I only played the first two. I hadn't played. I still haven't played Arkham Knight. The was it Arkham Knight the last one. And mm-hmm. I didn't play the Origins one. And between Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, I liked the open, the free roam sandbox mm-hmm. environment. So yeah, Arkham City was awesome because it's it. Those are those games where if you if you play it right, you feel like Batman. Right, <laughs> like you're, right. You're Batman. <laughs> 
And then one that I, I kind of liked that wasn't necessarily a great game. Uh, it was pretty short, but uh, there was a there was a Hulk. It was the Hulk Ultimate Destruction or something. It was on um, huh. the first Xbox, and I'm assuming maybe PS2 at that time then. And again, it, the, the story was short, but it was basically sandbox. You could run around the city. You could do like the crazy Hulk jump. And you could just smash things up. And of course, bad guys would like, <laughs> bad guys would come in. You'd have to fight bad guys and stuff. But if you wanted, you could just grab a bunch of cars and make a car, you know, boxing gloves out of cars and start punching buildings and jumping across the city. Like, that was fun. Like, it was one of the first superhero games I played that really nailed the mechanics of right. what it felt like to like have these superpowers, which is part of what made that Spider-Man 2 game from back in the day so good and part of what makes those Batman games so good. Like, it feels like you're traversing a city with these powers. As for least favorite, there's a lot of crappy games. Back in the day, there were games, I would rent a lot of games. Sure. And there were games that I'd rent over and over, even though I think I hated them, but like they (laughs) seemed like they were cool. Like there was the um, Spider-Man or was it, it was basically like, Spider-Man like and Spider-Man the X-Men? X-Men? Yes. Yeah, and that was a Super Nintendo game. Yeah, and I, I had that game, and I wanted to love it because it had, like, Gambit in it. Mm-hmm. But it was, again, uh, just a side-scroller, and it was hard. Yes. <laughs> I rented that game so many times, and it would make me so angry. But I'm yeah. like, these characters are cool. I want to be these characters. But, like, yeah, it, I was not good at it. Yeah. No. And it was kind of like, uh, like the Gambit level was basically like uh, Battletoads, where where it just keep not like Battletoads, like Battletoads in the race levels, where uh-huh. like you can't stop. You have like the screen is going to keep moving, and if you do, if you don't keep moving, your character dies. So it's basically like a side scroller where you can't stop and look around. <laughs> you know, so you're just constantly moving forward and trying not to die. And it was like. Mm. This character's fun and cool, but this level is not. Yep, yep. And for Super Nintendo, they could have done something better, I think. Like, it it feels like a Super Nintendo game that is still actually a Nintendo game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It felt like something that was ported over from an earlier system. Or, right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It, it wasn't stretching the, the platform at all. Mm-mm. All right, let's get to the poll list. The pull list, Owl Girls, eh? This was added years ago at this point. Many moons ago. Yeah, this was added to the pull list. This has been on there for a long time. I suspect it was on there, well, I'm guessing maybe around the time that the second Kickstarter, the Kickstarter for issue two was going on, is mm-hmm. my guess. Sometime in 2016, maybe. By the nature of the the way the pull list works, you know, we we only read the ones that get the most votes. So if it, you know, it'll take a while for a comic to trickle to the top. I have a feeling this is well past whoever added it's like well past it's 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 it past his prime. Yeah, yeah. But that's okay. Your best best before date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is I'm not going to say it's expired. That seems that seems diminutive. <laughs> this is this comic's expired. No, this this specific request because if you search for it online, there are a lot of reviews for this around a certain time period and I'm guessing that's when it was added to the poll list. Uh, most likely by you know one of the creators or something. These we read. We decided to read issues one and two because we had read issue one, mm-hmm. and we're like this. We this we don't know what's happening. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe issue two will answer some questions. Maybe issue two. Both issues were funded through Kickstarter. They're not hard to find. They're on Amazon. Both issues, but I, for me anyway, if I search for it on Amazon, they don't come up. I have to search for it through Google to find the link. I uh, I was able to find it through the Kindle store, like oh like okay, directly through the Kindle app. Okay, if you use the search function through there, then I was able to find it because it's kin- uh, Kindle only for that second issue. Yeah, yeah. The first issue you can read on it's available on Kindle and Comixology. Right. I mean, reading it on Kindle was fine, but I prefer the Comixology just because it handles a little bit more like um, Comic Rack, which is what I like the best. Sure. Yeah, so we finally we finally read these things. <laughs> uh, we, bought, we bought both issues. So who made this thing and what is it about? These are valid questions. <laughs> I can tell you the first part of that question anyway. Okay, all right. So for issue one, we have a story credit of Robert J. Uh, Sodaro. 
Art by Rochelle uh, Aragno with with Dave Ryan. Graphics by Dave Ryan. I wonder what that is specifically. Lettering by Wilson Ramos Jr. And this is this is published by uh, Red Anvil Comics. Now, issue two, the story is by Robert J. Sodaro uh, with Dave Ryan. The art is by Rochelle Aragno. I'm sorry for my pronunciations. And Dave Ryan. Uh, graphics, Dave Ryan. Lettering, Ed Dukeshire. Also published by Red Anvil. Again, these were both funded on through Kickstarter. Okay, so basically the same creative team. A little different with the lettering. But the lettering seems to... Uh... Uh, it do- it doesn't seem like a huge difference between the two. No, no. Yeah, I mean the art style is still is very much the same. How to describe this? <laughs> is there a summary somewhere? I know I'm not going to get any of the names. That's for sure. Oh man, no. I have a summary. Okay. Owl Girls, New York City, 1945. Three mystical private detective sisters, better known as they were private detectives. <laughs> okay. I have a feeling this. This is from the publisher, and I have a feeling the person that wrote the summary had more advanced knowledge of what was to happen in the series than what we ever got. So, three mystical private detective sisters, better known as Owlgirls, live in a mortuary in Soho, often doing the bidding of, of death by tracking down supernatural creatures. They This is not what we read. I mean, it is, <laughs> but it's not. Right, right. We didn't know this yet. They, yeah. They also, like, I, I generally try to go into a lot of these fairly cold, and yeah, this is, I did not know this stuff. They also investigate murders, unsolved cases, and assist in sundry other paranormal activities. That's obviously the pitch of what the series is supposed to be. That sounded like it would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, and if you're wondering why we are sound like confused by that, that's correct. I mean, you know, you've got these these owl girl people, but... The series has, at this point, only made it to two issues. Mm-hmm. I, it's kind of hard to find out, find, track down more information. It doesn't seem like there's plans to continue it. I could be wrong. The story definitely ends in a way that seems like it should be continued. Like it's right. It's it seems like an ongoing that's just not going on. <laughs> so <laughs> right, right. And in these two issues, we get introduced to these owl girls, death. Um, you know, we get character introductions basically, but we only just barely start to like get a glimpse of maybe what these owl girls could do, but there was no indication as to what they do like on the regular. There's no indication as to this detectiving or, or fighting creatures like at all. Basically seems like they go shopping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they go, like, they, we come home from wherever we were and we go out. That's what we do. And we have some neighbors. We have some neighbors, and some people are after us sometimes. And we live in a mortuary, which is weird too. But I mean, where else? Where else are you going to live if you're an owl person? <laughs> well, exactly. And that's the, that's the thing. Like, they're, they're not just called owl girls; they are owl girls. Like, yeah, they are women that are like have owl faces. Now that doesn't seem to really put anyone off all that bad, though. Well. It definitely seems like it's not normal that there's animal face people because it seems like that's part of the reason what's his name doesn't want them going out a lot. And when they do go out, like onlookers seem surprised. Mm -hmm. And they do tend to cover their faces, at least in the very beginning. But I mean, they're not in a circus. So, (laughs) right, right. I mean, this is 1945 or whatever. Um, I mean, like, there's a few face to face confrontations and. I mean, I, I don't. I don't want to jump way ahead, but like the main conflict of the first issue is that it comes to light that they have this like ESP type of sense where they can, they have the sight is what they call it, mm-hmm. and uh, and at one point there's somebody there's this group that wants them because they have the sight and that's all that they're really worried about, <laughs> like like they don't really like none of the none of the people seem taken aback. They're just like we're here to get you because you have the sight. Was the site was that established at all before it was like we're here to get you because you have the site? Doesn't the one gal go to the neighbor boy's house and use the site? Oh, okay. Okay. Basically to help uh cure somebody's sickness or something like that. Yeah, it was the like a baby. That's right, that's right. That's how she knew that. So okay. 
because I I read it, but it must have flew over my head, or I just I don't know didn't pick up that that's how she knew this. So I was I was a little surprised when they were talking about them having the site, but I'm like, well, whatever. They're owl girls, of course, of course they have the site. <laughs> of course they do. So then some gangster, yeah, some gangsters want to collect them for somebody for their boss because they have the site. Okay, so the guy that runs the mortuary is in love with one of the sisters, one of the owl girls. Right. Uh, there's also he has an employee there that seems to handle all this weird stuff pretty well, and death shows up to once in a while to harass them. Right. And she keeps saying that like the owl girls are her daughters, but then they're like, you know, we're not your daughters. So there's some whole thing there. I mean, that's in terms of the first ep- issue, that's it. That's the whole first issue. Right. Yeah, that is. So <laughs> like a lot of it kind of feels almost like a British drama kind of thing because it all just happens in the living room. But there is some supernatural elements to keep it moving along kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But but it, it does feel very Downton Abbey kind of thing, but with bird women. <laughs> yeah, and that's not – yeah, and that's not to say like it's – it's yeah, it, it's not dull. It does move along. No. These were both quick – very quick reads. Um, there's a lot of pages of like scenery. Mm-hmm. When the artwork I'm, – I'm sold. Like this artwork's pretty cool. And it's all kind of black and white. Mm-hmm. The cityscapes are wonderful. I mean, there's a few like aerial shots of New York in this time period, and they're beautifully rendered. It's almost like an ink wash type of uh, approach, I guess, because it's like black and white with gray scales. It's, and it's got a very distinctive, to the characters, it's got a very distinctive style. Mm-hmm. Definitely not like your traditional comic book art style. Does, uh, it does remind me of something, but I, I, of a book. Almost like, uh, okay, what it reminds me of is, um, have you ever read League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Mm-mm. It kind of reminds me of that art style, where the faces are kind of elongated and whatnot, and st- and stylistic. And so I, I wish I could tell you the name of that artist right off the top of my head, but I can't. But that's kind of what it reminds me of a little bit. Yeah, the art's very nice. Issue two, we basically, we discover that these owl girls can tell, they have, Various powers, apparently, mm-hmm. uh, because this threat of the uh, Italian stereotype mobsters. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Big time stereotype. They they teleport these guys out of there. Like, they teleport them to the pier and their guns to the bottom of the ocean. That feels like that's all this really establishes, this issue. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, well, and that's uh, that's all of issue two, you mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's yeah, basically that. And then they go have a day at the beach. <laughs> they do. I, I'm it's not even true. kidding. I mean, I mean, like that seems simplistic, but really, that's it. I mean, where where the last one left off was basically they're held at gunpoint. This resolves that they have a little bit of of drama within the household. You know, mm-hmm. you know, continuing basically business as usual for the mortuary like establishing uh, balance again and then they and then they go out. I like the character work done with the guy that owns that runs the mortuary. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like we've gotten enough from like any of the owl girls to really establish characters on them. Right. But yeah, this isn't bad. Like I don't want to sound like I'm down on this book. It's just with what's there, it's really hard to approach this like <laughs> right, to give it any kind of a review. Yeah, we don't have a story arc here to work with. We have the we have feels like half of the introduction to a story, you know? Right, right. It's intriguing. It's definitely different. Yeah. It was a fast read. Um, it kept me It kept me interested. I was able to read it in a single setting both times mm-hmm. for, you know, each issue. The artwork, I'm, I'm impressed with the artwork. I like, I like kind of the sensibility they're going for with, um, like, in the very beginning of the first issue, they even do some parodies of, like, famous artworks but then plug in the owl girls kind of thing. At least that's the way it feels. I don't know if that's exactly what they're going for, but it, it, they're definitely striking um, a time period. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And even right down to the lettering, the lettering has got kind of a, like an old typewriter feel to it. Mm-hmm. In, at least in their like uh, narration boxes. And there's a lot of, I mean, not a lot of, but there's it's, is it French? Um, that's, that's the part that gets a little bit dicey is like, is it French? Is it 
Italian. I think the mobsters are Italian big time because yeah. they, they sound – I mean, like if I have a criticism, it's that the, the Italian mobster gets a little bit too Mario in oh, yeah. his – like they they put it's a me kind of thing like they they put that that a like that it's a you know like they they put that in there a lot and I um, maybe that's you know maybe they've done the research and that's legitimately how they how they talk but for me it, it took me out of it a little bit because I was like okay I feel like this is a little over overly done now that now that you mention it yeah, French what was what was I thinking French no yeah I think it's definitely Italian because everybody's names seem sound uh italian kind of mm-hmm. or at least those arrangement of random letters that i don't understand look italian the well the interesting part about it is it it didn't really hit me at all in the first uh in the first issue but then you know like you get a whole lot more of the of the gangsters in that second issue so in the second issue is like you just couldn't even uh ignore it <laughs> Because there's so much of it in the first pages. The first, that's kind of for me. That's what it, I mean. Not not with the accent, but in the first issue, the first several, the first few pages of dialogue. There's a lot of it. Felt like jumping from a line of Italian to English to where I was like, oh, is the it's almost felt like is this almost like a bilingual book? Like is this how it's going to be the whole time? Uh, for the most part, I mean, it's it's English, and I have a feeling the Italian that's there is probably like common sayings and stuff it's not like the full dialogue repeated twice right but uh there was a lot of it that you know i was like oh this is this was unexpected yeah i'm not really sure what else to say about it it's interesting it's yeah yeah i mean like in terms of what i recommend it um i want to see more you know like i i am interested in the story arc uh but i wouldn't necessarily recommend it to someone that is going to want to see a continued story arc until we know that it's coming. There's, there's, there's not enough here to recommend. I mean, if somebody was intrigued, if they seen a piece of the, you know, artwork somewhere and was intrigued by the style, be like, yeah, check it out. It's, it's got it interesting and cohesive within itself style. It looks mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And it's definitely got a feel like it's there. It there's... feels like it's going somewhere. You know, it's not like slapdash. It doesn't feel like nothing makes, you know, it doesn't feel like uh it won't make sense ever. It just feels like it doesn't make sense now. But it feels like that's done for a reason. Yeah, the only the issue is it it this is all there is and I can't find anywhere that indicates that there's plans to do more. And I contemplated reaching out to the creators just to see if they had future plans for this stuff, but I, I didn't end up reading the book till just recently, so Sure, sure. So that's how girls <laughs> On the upside, like I've been pretty busy this month. It was refreshing to have such a quick pull list read. Right. (laughs) And it's different. It's a break from, you know, it's, there's some supernatural stuff happening, but it's definitely a break from superheroes. So thanks for recommending it. You you got our money. (laughs) (laughs) I will include links though. And not affiliate links. I'll just include links to where you can find them on Amazon or the Kindle store links if you want to check mm-hmm. it out yourself. You can download a um, like a sample of a sample copy or whatever of the first issue. It'll give you the first few pages. It's because of the way the first issue is plotted out. You don't get a lot of actual dialogue or anything. It's because the first several pages are like some very nice like city shots and stuff. But that'll give you an idea of the look of it and the feel. A little right. Bit. Whoa, whoa. Who turned out the lights? Where did I end up now? This stupid time traveling blinkatron, I swear. There's a blinkatron, it's a scone. It's okay. Oh, crap. Shh, shh. Just stay asleep. Okay. All right, well, right place, wrong time. Uh, this is fine. This is fine. I'll just leave him a note. Has to be some paper around here somewhere. Man, it's dark. Oh, what is that? Um, Trash can. Cat dancing. Wait, is that? It's full of comics. What the devil? Marvel Secret Wars. Marvel Secret Empire. Nineties Captain America. Huh. All right. Where's the where's some paper? What's this? 
Puppets. Pokemon. Here we go. Paper. Jesse. This is Randy. From in the future! There's, there's important donuts. There's just... Why... Why would they do that? That's stupid. Jesse. This is Randy. From in the future. Just leaving this note to remind you to let listeners know how they can send us their feedback for the letters page segment. Be sure to tell them they can send us an email to letters at grawlixpodcast.com. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com. And we'll read it on the show. If they'd like to hear their voice on the show, they can send us a voice recording or do it the old-fashioned way. Pick up a phone and leave us a voice message. The phone number to do that is 559-426-6427. That's 559-426-6427. Or an easier way to remember it is 559-4-COMICS. Tell them to try to keep it under two minutes. And remember, we do a clean language show. Regardless what the YouTube algorithm says. I would remind myself, but it doesn't go well when I try to visit my past selves. It's too paradoxical. Thanks. Alright, now just to leave this on his nightstand. And with that taken care of, I can try to get back to episode 100. There's too much exhaust. Wait a minute. It occurs to me I have a unique opportunity here. Hmm. That just might be too much magnificent manly beard for one podcast. There can only be one. Okay, okay, the guy isn't looking. Go now. Good evening, Dominion Shoppers. Dominion, is that still a store? Just go with it. Johnny said the manager will bust us if we take too long. Right, right. This Monday, we're offering the deliciously different podcast, The Roman Potting Cast, featuring Roman LeBeau and Robert Cast. This special feature is made from 100% Canadian cheese, covering all your weird news and even weirder thoughts from the capital of culture, Brampton, Ontario. Is that a dig at Brampton? Yeah, why? No, just making sure. Spot on, man. So be sure to check it out. Did you get that? Check it out. Check out. That's terrible. Who wrote this copy? Hey, guys. Johnny! My manager will hear you. We're on the store PA system. Like you said we could be? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right, right. I'm just going to be here listening while pretending to mop. You are mopping. Yeah, but the water is still... Hey, where's Neil? Does he work here? What, in retail? He's loaded. I think he's like rock collecting or something. Uh, okay. Tune in to the Roman Podcast on iTunes, the Tangent Bound Network, Stitcher, Google Play, and the EMC Podcast Network for totally fresh and free Roman Podcast. Hey, hey, you two, get away from there. Johnny, Johnny, get him! Sorry, guys. I'm part of the gig economy. I have to chase you with the stilty mop now. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Sure. Ah! Go back to Libsyn, you mooches! And stay out! I love those guys. Johnny! These floors are great. This has been Randy. From what I gather, we are very much alike. Everything about you tells the tale. Your attitude, your costume, your tactics. They all scream of outrage, despair, vengeance. What terrible wrong was done to set you on this path? It doesn't really matter. Grolix matters. And this is Jesse. Don't say that. Never say that. Goonies never say Grawlix. Thank you for listening to the Grawlix Podcast. The Grawlix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vocal Arrow Studios. For more Grawlix Podcast, visit GrawlixPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast. Or follow us on Twitter at Grawlix Podcast. We're also everywhere. All the time. Man, what happened to the DC cartoon animated features? Those kind of really nosedive. I don't know. They were they were so good. And now it's like I need to hear that they're good before I will even approach it. Right? Was the red? What did you think of the Red Hood one? Um, people really liked that one. I wasn't super keen on it.
See, that's how I feel about it. I, yeah. It seemed. It, but I, I read the books, so I mean, maybe that's part of the problem. I feel like some of these people who really love the animated features didn't ever read the book. Yeah, that that <laughs> could be. It see, it just it seemed more generic, like yeah, more generic, actiony. Like there was something about the other ones, and even it's not even that they all had the same feel because I liked the, uh, I liked the Dark Man, the Dark Knight, uh, animated. The mm-hmm. two movies, um, that was good, but also like the uh, the one based on the Dane Cook uh, Justice League we read was really good. Oh, um, New Frontier or whatever that was pretty decent. Oh, Darwin, yeah, Darwin. Did I say Dane? <laughs> you said Dane. Oh my I was like, God! Was there a Dane Cook that wrote Ooh, something? I hope not. Oh. I hope not too. Ooh, Darwin, Darwin Cook. <laughs> <laughs> That's a name I'm I'm glad I haven't heard for a while. Right, yeah. Uh 